Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow, everybody. Welcome. Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. You all have called us the vibe of Thrive. And I'm your host, Dr. P, joined by my main man, Mr. Benny Mathers. Hi, Mr. B. What's up there, Pat? Dr. B and Mr. P. B. Uh-huh. No, no. Mr. B. P. There you go. B. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's all good. I could be a doctor. I, I wouldn't have any problems with that. I think you are the doctor. You are no, the doctor. No, no, you are no. The, you are the doctor of what you do. Believe oh, okay. me. All right. You are the master. You do some things, Benny, that most other producers just don't know how to do. I consider I myself mean, probably a mixologist then. You, you are definitely that. There you go. And, you know, we get to find out uh, what happens when, like, you're out of town. Yeah. And then we have to have, like, somebody else there. It's Although the... you're training Val. Yeah, you're yeah. training Val. Yeah, I put the bar up kind of high for most people to reach. But, you know, I am six one, so they're going to have to just jump a little higher. That's right. I mm-hmm. don't even stand next to you anymore. <laughs> well, I want to talk about putting the bar up a little high. My guest today, Robin O'Brien, she's got the bar up pretty high. And what I love about what we're going to talk about is it's a bar that needs to be up really high. We're going to be talking with Robin uh, because she's got the unhealthy truth to talk to us about. How our food is making us sick and what we can do about it. Uh, you know, author Robin O'Brien is joining us here today, but she's more than simply somebody that wrote a book. Um, first person storyteller. She's somebody that is taking on some very, what some people would call some very controversial uh, topics, and I'm so thrilled that she is. She is the founder of uh, www.allergykids.com. She's been featured in the New York Times, been on CNN, Good Morning America, CBS Early Show, and much more. And she's got a message and uh, is not going to be silenced. And so what is the message? What do we need to, to know? What do we need to say? And why is it that she can come on this show after being labeled Foods Erin Brockovich and just say whatever is on her mind? Why? Because the Dr. Pat show isn't tied in to any big companies, any big stations, any big media. We are about having the conversation that most talk radio stations don't want to have. Robin, welcome to the show. I have been waiting to talk with you. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. Well, thank you for joining me here today. You've been called this, you know, Foods Erin Brockovich, but I really want to talk about the unhealthy truth and the title and what it is about your journey, what the obstacles are that you had to move me on to get you to this very moment. Well, as I share in the beginning of the book, I call myself an unlikely crusader. I was never one to be on the front line of this whole food fight. I was raised on Twinkies and Full Boys in the South. I was one of those moms that was feeding her kids blue yogurt and mac and cheese, and that was fine. Thank you very much. Don't tell me what to feed my kids. I had four little kids, picky eaters, limited budget, limited time, and my background was finance. You know, I had plenty on my mind. Um, And when my fourth child was diagnosed with food allergies, 
my immediate reaction was, you know, where in the world did this come from? We didn't know any kids that had food allergies when we were little. You know, why does a PB&J and a carton of milk suddenly seem like a loaded weapon on a lunchroom table? And where did these statistics come from? And because I had this background in finance, I'd served as an analyst on Wall Street prior to motherhood. I started looking into the numbers because I figured they would tell their own story. And I was absolutely stunned to learn that from 1997 to 2002, there had been a doubling of the peanut allergy. And that according to the Centers for Disease Control, there had been a 265% increase in the rate of hospitalizations related to food allergies. And I thought... That's not an emotional thing. I mean, that's not mom's crying wolf. Those are hard facts. Those are numbers. And I, you know, immediately thought, you know, since when did food get so toxic to children? And as I learned, you know, a child with a food allergy sees food as foreign. So I asked, you know, well, is there something foreign in our food? And that's really when my story began. And um, it was incredibly hard to digest because I learned that in 1994, we began to engineer foreign proteins into the food in order to enhance profitability for the food industry. And as an analyst from Wall Street, I got that. That made a lot of sense, you know, for these food um, conglomerates. But because those foreign proteins that we were engineering into the food had never been proven safe, governments around the world did not allow them into the food supply. And yet here in the U.S., beginning with our dairy, beginning with our milk and our cheese, we allowed it in 1994. And so as a mother, I thought, oh, you know, how many sippy cups have I filled? And why did we not get told this here in the U.S. when moms around the world were told? And what else has changed? And I learned that a few years later in 1996, in order to enhance profitability for the livestock industry, we began to engineer foreign proteins into soy that would help make the livestock get fat faster. And that made a lot of sense as a Wall Street analyst, but because no tests were ever done to show what that might do to obesity or diabetes. Governments around the world said, you know, we don't want this soy in our food supply, and so they didn't allow it. And again, yet here in the U.S., we said, well, you know, it's, it's never been proven dangerous, but we'll, we'll allow it in until proven dangerous. And at that point, I stopped and I thought, you know, how much soy have I consumed, thinking that it was a healthy choice? And, um, you know, as I pulled continued research, I learned that, you know, yes, the American Heart Association had supported soy, but then quietly they had reversed that position, and that had never made the headlines. And as I go through the unhealthy truth, I document all of this, I show the research, I present the science, because obviously I'm not a scientist. My background is simply research and finance and motherhood. And so as I learned that about the dairy and the milk and the cheese and the soy, I thought, you know, what else changed? And um, I learned that in 1998, uh, due to growing concern of the spraying of all the pesticides on these crops, scientists decided to engineer an insecticide, engineer an insecticide into corn, into the seed of a corn, into the DNA, so that as the corn plant grows, it can release its own insecticide. And I thought, you know, it's just, it's stunning information. Now what did governments around the world do with this? And so as I turned to France and New Zealand, Australia, across the UK, Europe, um, those countries didn't allow that into the food supply. The countries that did allow it into the food supply insisted that it had to be labeled. And in some countries like France and New Zealand, they considered it so potentially dangerous that not only did they not want it in their food supply, but they also didn't even want it fed to their livestock or planted in their soil. And yet here in the U.S., it was blended into our food, blended into things. You know, there's no labeling, there's no traceability, so we simply don't know where it is in the food supply. And so with that incredibly, tremendously heavy information. My husband and I went out for a date night one night. We had four little kids, and I just 
I looked across the table at him and I thought, I can't unlearn this. I have to do everything that I can to try to inspire change, to try to give eaters in our country this information that eaters around the world already know. And I'm married to a remarkable man because at that point, you know, we, we realized we were taking on tremendous industry. I mean, there's, there's tremendous power. There's tremendous lobbying effort. There have been tremendous, you know, attempts to silence people who have tried to come forward with messages like this. And um, at that point, you know, we looked at our four kids one day in the backyard, and I thought, you know, if I don't do this, who will? And so I realized that, you know, I would maybe take baby steps and that I could begin to do what I could in my own kitchen. We could reach out and do what we could in our own community. And people kept saying, you need to get political. And I, I kept saying, you know, I was, I was raised in the South. I'm not that kind of a mom. And, um, you know, somebody suggested that I reach out to Bobby Kennedy, and I thought, I can't reach out to Bobby Kennedy. You know, I mean, what would my dad say? But, you know, <laughs> recognizing that he um, he had a vested interest because he has children and they do have allergies and asthma, and he also um, is very well-versed in the food politics space. You know, I used all of my, you know, business school, Wall Street analyst genes and programming and pulled together a presentation and mailed it off to his um his office, and I really don't know if I ever expected to hear back, but a few weeks later, his chief of staff called and had me on speakerphone, and as they were reviewing it, she just kept saying, this is incredible information, and mm-hmm. so he had me on his radio show, Ring of Fire, and with that, you know, there really did start to, um, a national platform began to build, and people had said, you should reach out to Aaron Brockovich, you know, your, your food's Aaron Brockovich, and you know, at that point, I mean, it was incredibly humbling, but I thought, how in the world can a mother of four in Colorado reach out to Aaron Brockovich, but uh-huh. recognizing that, you know, I had to at least try, I, I, I did. And I spent a good couple of weeks pulling together an email for Aaron Brockovich, and um, I, I fired it off again, not knowing if I ever really expected to get a response. But when she did respond, to have someone like that get in your corner so early on in a mission that is so close to your heart, it gave me such an incredible boost. And she shared some personal information, and it was so inspiring. And so from that, you know, I thought, you know, if I am one mom and I can do this with one computer, what could all of us do together? And so as I began to affect that change, you know, through AllergyKids.com, I have a newsletter, and so I began to invite people to share their stories, invite ways that people could engage, to offer platforms, to offer resources to other mothers, to other eaters, so that they could do the same. And as the story really began to grow, it just, it's been such an honor, but it's been so humbling to recognize that, you know, all of us together have this ability to affect change. And so much of my personal journey into this has been recognizing that, you know, the world is, is full of, of headlines that, that are pretty dire and they can be pretty depressing sometimes. And sometimes you just simply have to, to turn those headlines off. You have to silence that noise and listen to what's inside and, and believe in your ability to affect change. Because at the end of the day, we are all good at something. Exactly. We're all exactly. good at something. And you have to remember what you're good at, despite what the world is trying to tell you. You remember what you're good at, and you find what you believe in. And when you combine those two things, they are incredibly powerful because it's your heart's work. And, and that is something that to have spent the summer on a book tour, to have traveled around the country, to have heard the most remarkable stories of breast cancer fighters that are 29 years old or mothers that are doing remarkable things for their sons with autism or fathers that are doing remarkable things for their fathers that have prostate cancer it is amazing to hear the collective ability of our in our ability together to affect change
Well, Robin, we're going to talk lots more about this. And as I started the show earlier today, I said each of us, each of us needs to wake up every day and ask the question, how can I help another? When we come back, we're going to talk about what you absolutely must know with my very special guest, Robin O'Brien. We'll be right back. Are you feeling stuck? Do you want to be free from fears and doubts and finally feel good about yourself, but you just don't know how to get there? Dr. Schaub's Accelerated Breakthrough Program provides you with the tools and solutions to go beyond your limitations and achieve self-empowered confidence. Call for your free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND. Visit CellularWisdom.com. That's CellularWisdom.com. So how many times have you said, I need to quit smoking? How many times have you tried to quit smoking only to fail? How many times a day are you smoking and wishing you weren't? This is Cheryl Manchester from Positive Changes Hypnosis, where we help you to become smoke-free for life. Take on the habits of a non-smoker, not an ex-smoker. Our clients tell us they simply lose the desire for the cigarette. Become stress-free and relaxed. Lose or maintain weight at the same time and effortlessly take back control. Andy Castle quit his 15-year smoking habit and has been smoke-free for over a year. Jane Penrod quit smoking after smoking three packs a day for 50 years. Yes, it works. Make a lasting change in your life. Call Positive Changes in Bellevue at 888-311-7157 to schedule a free consultation. That number again is 888-311-7157. Are you in constant pain and tired of taking pain pills? At Holistic Medical Center, our physicians listen, examine, and find the root cause of your pain. Comprehensive, non-invasive, scientific, and energy-based natural therapies do exist to treat your pain and its root cause. Contact Holistic Medical Center to transform your life. Call 425-451-0404 or on the web at drdarvish.com. That's D-R-D-A-R-V-I-S-H.com. How would you like increased health and vitality? Would you like relief from acute or chronic health issues? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? Would you like relief from allergy, weight, and digestive issues? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural technique. Whether you seek relief from health issues or desire to live at your optimum health and vitality, contact reflex analysis is a profound method which detects imbalances at a subclinical level, restoring health issues before they arise while increasing vitality and longevity. Discover CRA. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Every day we're moving toward wellness or away from wellness. I'd like to be your partner in achieving your optimal health and well-being. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. If you want to find out more about us, we've made it really easy for you. Go to www.thedrpatshow.com or simply drpatlive.com. If you want to find out more about Robin O'Brien, you can go to Robin's website, 
which is robinobrien.com, and it's R-O-B-Y-N, O'Brien.com, and you'll find out more about The Unhealthy Truth. Um, that's the book we're talking about, but it's more than a book, as I've said before, How Our Food is Making Us Sick and What We Can Do About It. It is a book that really does call us to an action, and the action is for us to take a stand. But first off, it is to be educated. A couple of weeks ago, you heard me talk about the shock of my life when I went into, and I'm just going to say, a national or slash international pancake house. And I don't eat pancakes, but I went in with the family and um, I went to order an omelet. And when I looked at the omelet menu, what I found was that they had so boldly been able to say that we will make your omelet fluffy by adding flour to it. And Robin, I want to ask you about that, and welcome back to the show. Well, you know, I think it, it really does speak to how um, everything is designed for marketing. Everything's designed to drive profitability. They are trying to sell the fluffiest omelet they can in order to drive repeat sales and customers. And, you know, again, with this background in finance, I can appreciate that. It's going to drive their quarterly earnings. I really get that. At the same time, um, it's very important that consumers, eaters, are informed that these changes are taking place in the food supply because, obviously, you didn't expect to find flour in an egg. Who would? Um, And so, again, it's recognizing that, unfortunately, um, we don't know what's going into our food anymore. And because the labeling laws in our country are so different to those in other developed countries, one of the things that I constantly share is here in the U.S., we charge a fee to the organic industry to prove that their stuff is safe. And then on top of that, they are then charged a fee to then label it as safe. Whereas governments around the world, they don't call it organic food. They simply call it food. And the food that contains the chemicals and the food that contains these new proteins and the food that contains these new toxins, is what is labeled, and that is where the fee goes. And therefore, those foods are more expensive, and the organic, purer foods are more affordable to more people. And that really is where it should be in this country. Um, and so, again, you know, unfortunately, right now we're, we're at this real tipping point because there is such an incredible rate of disease that is starting to occur. When you look at the statistics out of the CDC from 2000, the children born in the year 2000, which is my daughter's fourth grade class, One out of three of those Caucasian children, one out of two Hispanics, and one out of two African-American kids born in the year 2000 are expected to be insulin-dependent by the time they're adults. You look at the statistics that say one out of eight women has breast cancer. What you don't know is that only one out of ten of those cases are genetic, which means nine out of ten of those cases are environmentally triggered. According to the American Cancer Society, the U.S. has the highest rate of cancer of any country in the world, and migration studies show that if you're to move here from somewhere like Japan, your likelihood of developing cancer increases fourfold. And sadly, you know, in our, in our healthcare system, there's very little incentive to prevent illness because we've got this for-profit system. You know, if there's stuff in the food that's making you sick in aisle nine, then you just walk over to aisle two and you pick up your medication, and all of that drives the economy and keeps it humming along. But I think what's starting to happen is that it really doesn't because now we've got corporations that are so burdened by health care costs. We've got families that are burdened by it. We've got schools that are burdened by it. We're suffering in productivity because of it. The New York Times recently highlighted a story showing that Starbucks spends more on health care than they do on coffee. And at this point, it really is calling all of us to action, take better care of our families. And so 
if there is flour in our eggs or if we're using yellow number five in our mac and cheese when Kraft doesn't use yellow number five and the products they make for eaters overseas, then perhaps it's time that Kraft hears from us and says, you know what, you've placed a you know, great value on the lives of children overseas. You don't put aspartame, yellow number five, in these synthetic ingredients in the products that you have on the grocery store shelves in the U.K. We're simply asking you to bring those same products to your home base here in the U.S. And so through that, we've written letters to the CEO of Kraft. And again, you know, this isn't anything other than a remarkable effort by all of us to protect the health of our families. Because we do truly deserve that. And just as these health care costs are really starting to impact all of us, there are amazing steps that you can take to help reduce your family's exposure to some of these chemicals. And it doesn't require that you use your whole paycheck. It doesn't require that you change grocery stores. According to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, three out of four conventional grocery stores now carry organic or natural foods. I mean, there's access to cleaner foods that don't contain these chemicals. You know, we've got all of these markets springing up all over the country. They're not just in the pockets that people would expect them, like Berkeley or, you know, Austin or Colorado. You know, I spent the, the, the summer on this book tour, and I was absolutely stunned and so incredibly surprised to see what was happening in places like Atlanta and Washington, D.C. and Dallas, Texas. And so, again, it's really recognizing that together we can affect this change. And when there's stuff that's going into your grocery store that you love and that you want to see more of, Gratitude and attitude go so far, and to go to that store manager and thank him is going to mean so much because he's going to want that vote of confidence, and then the next time someone presents him with another choice, he'll know that he's got customers in his store that are really supportive of those changes that he's making. And so it's recognizing that together we can affect this change. Uh, Robin, one of the things that I want to mention to our listeners, and I want to ask you a question about uh, what's on the top of your list, but if you go to Robin O'Brien's website, which is robinobrien.com, not only are you going to find a way for you to get a copy of the book, but more importantly, if you go there, there's a section that's called Do One Thing. And if you click on that, even beyond the articles that are listed on the website, But there is a do one thing section of the website. And I'd like you to talk about this for a minute because sometimes when you hear a show like this, um, and I'm actually doing a show tomorrow morning where we talked about doing one thing. And there is going to be a testimonial tomorrow on what it meant to incorporate a a, a really pure yogurt into an 84-year-old woman's life. Literally, that was gay, had three weeks to live. But it's the do one thing attitude. Can you talk a little bit about this? And I know we only have a few minutes left, but if we were to say to our listeners, what would be the one or two things that Robin O'Brien would ask me to do today to make a change in my life and help my family and friends, what would that be? I began with baby steps. Like I said, we were feeding our kids fluorescent orange mac and cheese, and I knew that if I were to try to go cold turkey off that fluorescent orange powder, they would all just flip out. So my do one thing that we started with was we used three quarters of the pack of mac and cheese powder. Then we weaned it down to half the pack. Then we used a quarter of the pack. And as I share in the book, I couldn't make the perfect the enemy of the good. So I was striving to do good 80% of the time, recognizing that 20% of the time we live in a world where they go to Chuck E. Cheese birthday parties or they're going to get a blue cupcake at school. And so with that do one thing, I realized that I could only do baby steps. I had four kids. I was totally overwhelmed by what was going on in the house, and so I started taking these baby steps. For 
some people, it may be do one thing in your own kitchen. It may be going from the blue yogurt to white yogurt with sprinkles on top. It's not perfect, but it's still doing one little thing, and it's going to feel so good to do that one little thing that most likely you're going to want to do more. And so another one little thing that we did was instead of going from, instead of the frozen pizzas that were loaded with all kinds of preservatives that are preserving the pizza shelf life, not only on the grocery store shelves, but probably on our shelves too, we decided that instead of that frozen pizza, we were going to use English muffins, spaghetti sauce, and cheese. Again, we didn't have to shop in a different grocery store. It didn't take any more time, and it actually cost less money. And as we did those one little things, there were amazing changes that started to occur in our house because as we started to value our own bodies, all six of us, we started to value the lives of everybody else too, and we realized that there was so much that we could do to affect change at home, at school. And then for those that really are willing to kind of take on a bigger, a bigger nut, there are amazing ways you can reach out to your local representatives and to really engage them as the people that they are because chances are they've got family members struggling with these conditions too, whether they've got a grandkid with asthma or they've got a sister with breast cancer or they've got a father with Alzheimer's. There are amazing things that we can do. And to reach out to your local journalists, to your local congressmen, recognizing the fact that they are people too and they have families too and relate to them on that level because that is the level that needs to, you know, we need to have this relatability in order to recognize that together we can affect this change. Well, Robin, I want to thank you so much for joining us here today. And I got to tell you, I grew up with the mac and cheese you're referring to. That was a stable item for all of us. And you're right. We have to take these changes one step at a time. But you have taken on the entire paradigm. And I want to tell you how grateful I am that you decided to do that. Well, thank you so much for the invitation to be with you today. And I'm so grateful for your work. Well, I hope you will come back because I want to get into more detail with you on this. So you've got an open invitation to the show. Thank you, Robin, for joining us today. Thank you so much. All right, everybody, the unhealthy truth, it's all in the book. You can make decisions. The ball is in your court. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Down before, 